Welcome to How American, a podcast where we discuss everything your average history textbook wouldn't dare talk about. I'm your host, Bianca. Let's get into it. gone into the heart of the American dream and we've learned where it comes from, I think it's a good time to discuss what makes the American dream not so dreamy anymore. Where it all really starts to get muddy is when you start asking, who gets to have this dream? Who is it for? From our basic history textbooks in high school maybe, We know that the American dream was originally for white landowning men, and that's a very important demographic. When thinking about the Constitution, I mean, this document has been edited and revised to include freedoms for black people, for LGBTQ community, for everyone who wants to come to America to fulfill this American dream except only that it's extra hard now for people of these communities to achieve the American dream because of the institutions that have been put in place to abstain that original standard where it's only white landholding men who get to have access to this dream. Understanding the American dream as a person of color has become a bit like reading a contract where in this contract, the basic general terms and conditions are in bold gold letters. That would be the freedom to happiness, the possibility of success, while the fine print where it specifies who gets what is in the tiniest print possible and redacted by black marker. And really, the only time you get to find out what's in the tiny print is either through the experiences of others or right when you brush up against one of the systems that's been put in place, one of the barriers to this American dream. So next, we're going to take a look at who qualifies for this dream. And then we're going to get into what barriers have been put into place to limit access to the American dream. When it comes down to who gets to partake in this American dream, in the Constitution, it really says it's for everybody. But we know that's not what actually happens. It's a lot harder for black and brown people to gain access to this dream, to this success, to this prosperity that's really should be it should be a basic right for us but it just isn't and there's a lot of things that are in place and the main thing that's in place who qualifies as american so technically technically speaking as long as you're a citizen you're american but there's american and then there's african-american and then there's hispanic-american And then there's all these subcategories. And really, when you look at it, that's how we've been color-coded to fit the American dream. 
basically if you're if you have a hyphen in your american identity then you're not as entitled to this dream as if you had just the plain american title the american identity um so what does that mean that means that the access there are systems in place Gloria Gloria Anzaldua's text, which really complicates the idea of who's American, like who was here first. We know we had the Native Americans here first. Do they qualify as American? Do they get to have the American dream? No, it's still challenged by the systems that are put in place, like physically, their land has been taken away. And another group of people who had American land and who would technically qualify as a really obvious system that has been put in place is the physical border between Mexico and the U.S. I mean, it's something that comes up a lot in politics and why. Gloria Anzaldua, in her text, Borderlands La Frontera, the new mestiza, um, does a really good job of highlighting and pointing out why that border would be so important like i've always wondered why why put the focus there because we also have another border it's the canadian american border but no one really talks about that one so in the text she talks about how um the colonizers they migrated into texas and they basically drove them out of their land and it was their land first so they're another group of people who were in America before the Anglos, before the colonizers, who really have the first rights to this land. She goes on and talks about how the ownership of the land was really taken away from their hands in a way that was not just. And it really challenges the idea of who does America belong to? because it really doesn't belong to Americans after you know the true history. She also talks about how after they took the land from the assets, I think that if the American dream was really true to what it's saying, and if it, if it was a dream of its word, then the way that the American dream would be actually attainable for people of color would be through reparations. Through reparations of giving the Mexicanos back their land that was taken from them, giving the Native Americans back their land that was taken from them, and giving and giving African Americans back basically the construction and the foundations of the society that was built off of their backs. But then, what would be left for white people? Nothing. So that's why it's a dream that's very encoded in a specific way to, to benefit one group of people. And as I'm saying this, it really sounds like a conspiracy theory, 
but it's really not. Like when you look at the history and you piece things together, the American dream is only for Americans, meaning white people. American, like no one else, no other category, no, no other group. For black and brown kids, this idea of being American really gets internalized in the way that you live your life from the moment that you realize that you're different, that you're not like these white American people from when you're comparing like back in 2000s when DSs were out, when you're comparing who has the latest DS and who doesn't, it's all the white kids. Who's in your classes all around you and who's not? It's the white kids, like majority white who's living the dream of having of having representation in the media white people and so it becomes internalized in a way where you start to chip away at your identity so that you can fit into the american dream because you realize subconsciously that it's not for you it's not meant for you completely and so you start to chip away at your identity as a brown or black person. This is best displayed in the Norton Anthology collection of poems. I think we realized that even though this dream wasn't meant for us, it was still promised for to us anyways. And we really want it. We think we should have it. And we should. So still, we do whatever whatever it takes as brown and black people to get to that dream. For me, as a black girl growing up in majority not black spaces, it was straightening my hair every single day of my middle school life, which is basically what the poem Compliments by Carmen Tafoya is saying. She says, I don't look 30. They also say, I don't look Mexican. They mean them, I guess, as compliments. Here, she's acknowledging that passing is really what will get you to... In the poem compliments, the author is realizing how others who aren't like her see her. They see her as too Mexican. But she thinks it's a compliment at first. And then she realized, no, it can't be a compliment. They're pointing out her difference. And she's realizing, as she says in the lines, I guess they don't as much like people who are over 30 or too Mexican. And then she internalizes it and goes, I guess it means that now they don't as much like me. Another poem in this collection has a really beautiful line about the American dream. And it phrases the American dream as a color. It goes, crimson is the color of a dream. And I think that poem is referring directly to the American dream. For me, I interpreted it as crimson is also the color of blood. Like, what do you have to do and what do you have to sacrifice to get to this dream? You have to give up 
everything as much as blood like your identity you have to carve pieces of yourself and give away pieces of your unique identity just to fit in another identity that maybe like it definitely doesn't it's not your identity and it's not natural to you but it's what will afford you the dream so you do it no matter the blood sweater tears of literally working towards this american dream i think after you consider all the things that and all the hurdles that black and brown people have to jump over i think then the american dream actually becomes a toxic way of life for us the poem also ends with the line distant the dreams after she addresses the dream as crimson is the color at the first line of every stanza and i think here she is definitely the author is definitely referring to the American dream, they're so far away that the only way to get it or to get a hold of it is to give up something as delicate or as as tough as blood. And that's really, really powerful. When it comes to black and brown people, the American dream is definitely something that has been made unattainable for us the important thing here is that the american dream although it's really shiny as we discussed in the first episode it also comes with a lot of downsides and sacrifices for us specifically as black and brown people so i'll leave you with that to think about Thanks for tuning in.